0: Betting preview podcast from pregame.com.
1: Pregame.com.
0: Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip.
1: Vegas, baby.
0: With your host, RJ Bell. I saw him on ESPN.
1: Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild.
0: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined by Vegas Runner. It's NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics, the LA Lakers, the powers that be. Got to be happy with this. Absolutely. The, this is a classic matchup. We'll get the viewers. VR, For every
1: generation. I yeah, mean, you yeah, the yeah, young I mean, crew loves... Boston, uh, the Lakers with the Kobe, the younger crowd. We lived through Boston Lakers series in our generation, and we all know the history of Boston and the Lakers. So this is as good as it gets for an NBA final and how they both got in there. Um, Going to game one, they opened the line six with a total of 194. Came down to five and a half with the total down to 192. Series price came out at over 200. We were at the MGM the night the Lakers beat Phoenix to advance and the line at the MGM was up at around 230 or 240. I wasn't surprised because it's Vegas, a lot of LA people here right. for the weekend. They're going to bet before they go, at, you know, go, go back, back home. So they're not going to let you get down, you know, for cheap. But since then, we've seen this line continue to drop. I've seen a low of 180 at Bodog I know books back east have it all the way down to 170. And I think between now and game one, it'll go down before it goes back up. A lot of Boston believers out there.
0: Well, you know, Boston played well. Uh, We're going to break down the NBA finals for you here in detail, Vegas Runner and myself. Also, we're going to give away a coupon, and so we don't forget. Let's just get that out of the way. Let's get Get it over with. We'll give give, give RJ's money away. We like doing that. Um, If you go to pregamepros.com this week, anything you want to put in your shopping cart, when you get to the checkout, use the following coupon, NBA Finals, all one word, and then the number 10. We're going to give you $10 off your purchase. You can use that coupon one time through... Uh, We'll have that run through Sunday. And VR, if the package happens to be $10? On the house. Drinks are on the house. Drinks are on the house. So go ahead and check that out. NBA Finals 10. That's our podcast coupon for this week. Enjoy it. Now let's get down to the nuts and bolts. Lakers, Celtics, they both got here. You know, really both did it, I think. In different fashions. Boston looked superior for three games. Then... Looked absolutely normal, average, mediocre. You know, they lose game four at home. A game that they could have won. They still had a chance, even as bad as they played. They had a chance to pull it out. It went to overtime forced the game 5. Orlando didn't want them celebrating on their floor. Defended. They gave a gave a gutty performance, but then the Celtics took care of business uh, as they should as they me. should have in game 6. Lakers on the other hand looks like they struggled the whole series with the Phoenix Suns. But really if you break down those games, the Lakers in, in the four games that they ended up winning had huge leads in all four of them Phoenix made a run in each one of them to, to give them look like a to, game to, to the make final it look score. Like a score. so I mean really
1: what do you what do you take from a, that the truth is coming into this season going into the playoffs Lakers were all ready penciled in as the Western Conference representative if they didn't get there it would have been a shocker on the east it went Cleveland, Orlando, Boston right. So Boston was the the surprise team to get there. but the way they played through the playoffs made people believers, especially because of their defensive intensity and how difficult it was for teams to score on them. Um, so now you know with these two meeting, I think a lot of people the perception is Boston has the defense to slow down the Lakers. And beat them. I'm not gonna, you know. I'll tell it like it is. I put out a series bet on this. I like this series. You know, we're gonna pass along who we like for the series. Um, Lakers got home court, and I think that's a huge edge Um, in the NBA finals. 66% of the time, the home team wins the series. That shows you how strong home court advantage is. And in every sport that settles their championship with a seven-game series, home teams win over 65% of the time. So if you have a strong home court, home field advantage, it's very difficult to overcome in the playoffs. Number two, I think the Lakers have a lot of size advantage over Boston, and their defense doesn't get enough respect. But because I was looking to make a series play, I really broke this down. And to be totally honest with you, Marco, I would say that the Laker defense is as strong as Boston's defense is. Um, they're huge. They're monsters. They have two seven footers, where Boston has no no nobody over six eleven on their team. Um, you know, not that's an inch, whatever, two inches, right. but still. They got a big line in there for the Lakers. And they have Phil Jackson, something you can't just ignore. The Zen master. He saw what he did with Phoenix, how he figured them out and broke them down and was able to celebrate on their court. Um, so I'm going to just get right to the cha- get get to it. I love the Lakers in this series, to be honest with you. I, I think because Boston's history, because of their experience, they could make and should make a series out of this. But when it's all said and done, and the dust settles, I think we'll be having a parade in L.A. All right. Well, I'm
0: going to totally agree with you as far as the series go. And, you know, I generally don't play series plays. I like to, you game, know, game, no, by game. Sure. game by game, and we've been doing extremely well in the playoffs. I like the Lakers for a couple different reasons that why they will win the, nat- the uh, championship. They've been a team to me throughout this entire playoffs that does just enough to get by. You know, when they need to turn it on, they have. And last week when we did the podcast, we were talking prior to Game 5. So we didn't know, you know, the outcome of Game 5. The series was tied 2-2. They were playing in, you know, L.A., you know, for Game 5. And then they were going back to uh, play in Phoenix. And I told you and on air, I said, if something happens in game five, the way I ex- expect it to go, I'm going to have a monster play in game six. Now, obviously, I couldn't say what that was on air because, you know, for the benefit of my paying clients, but I told you the minute we went right, off right. air, I said, if the Lakers play a tight game on game five, win at home in a tight game, they the will blow Phoenix out and end it in there. And it's exactly what happened. You know, I had a big play you had a big play and the Lakers went pillar to post mm-hmm. they came out took control of oh, you they had yeah, like 20 point lead. and you know minutes. then it got it got a little dicey for a couple minutes late in the
1: fourth but is you know is the Lakers... ring rises they, to the top they, they got the met two times already this year but both very low scoring games so I wasn't surprised the total came down um like it has people need to make sure they remember Kobe didn't play In the game that Boston beat them, when Boston won in LA by one point, Kobe Bryant did not play. So that's a huge factor there. The earlier meeting, LA beat Boston in Boston. We got about a minute to have. Are you
0: surprised that the line on game one, the over/under came out?
1: The opener at 194. I thought that was high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, especially with the second meeting between the two, 188 and a half. Although Kobe wasn't playing, so that was the reason for the adjustment. But since the first game was 194 and a half, their first meeting, it didn't even come close. The second one didn't even come close. I'm a little surprised it was that high. I, I agree, and that's why I think the wise guys jumped on the under right away. With that said, Lakers just played a high-scoring you know, series with Phoenix. Um, so I think that might have had a little something to do with it. You're going to look at the final scores and see that they went over 200 every game for the last how many games. So, you know, yeah, I was a little surprised it was that high. And I'm interested to see the adjustments they make after game one for the total. Well, it's going to be a good series. We both,
0: Vegas runner and myself, we agree Lakers will be hang, hanging another uh, championship banner we at the love Staples a. Center. So. Look for that. Uh, we'll be back uh, you know, next week. We'll still have some finals games going next week, and we'll tell you how it breaks down That's after the, the first will couple. They,
1: will they cover any of the games? You know, the Lakers, like you just said, just get by. Just get by. <laughs> hey, he's Vegas Runner.
0: I'm Marco D'Angelo. This has been the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Check us out on iTunes. Just search for pregame.com. You'll find us on iTunes as well.
1: For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit PregameAction.com.
0: Welcome to the continuing series of How To from Pregame.com. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined with my partner in crime, Vegas Runner. This week, this is the first of a two-part series. We're going to have two videos this week talking about betting and the great debate. Flat betting or unit betting. We're going to take... Flat betting in one video, and then we're gonna talk about unit betting in another video. The camps are divided on Absolutely. this style of betting um and we're not saying one's right over the other. actually, me personally, I think it's more to the style of the better than than having a right or a wrong, but Vegas runner, you know you're a professional better. I'm a professional better, and I think we're going to end up having a little bit of different views here. Sure.
1: I'll tell you the truth. I've employed both styles, and I think it doesn't just have to do with your risk tolerance. It has to do with how far along you are as a better, and how disciplined you are. Because to flat bet takes the risk out of the equation as far as how strong of a play do I have. and adjusting and the the risk of chasing you know because when you adjust unit size it's easier to make a one unit into a three if you lost the day before Mm -hmm. to try to get it back but if you're just flat betting the chances of you chasing it's the same every day exactly and what you're trying to do is just overcome the vig you know nothing more with unit betting it, the, the math changes a little because you could go one and two and still turn a profit based on your unit size. But when you're flat betting, what you're trying to do is outrun the VIG, which is possible if you have an edge and you're winning sports batter.
0: Well, let's start with the flat betting. This, this video is going to be flat betting. And I look at the flat betting. One, I'm going to highly recommend flat betting for anybody that is first starting for sure. in the sports betting world. For sure. Year. The flat betting, as you said, takes the risk out of it, takes the mathematics out of it, and it takes that feel and feel is something that Game is very, experience is, right is very very important and you will find it when we go to the next video I'm going to be a bigger advocate
1: to the unit betting yeah. because I have that fear uh, I am now too and, and and back in the day I'm going to tell you a quick story when I was first started getting steam back in Philly the way I got it was because I was willing to book it I knew these guys won so what I did was try to follow their bets but Until you build a relationship and give them enough on a play, they're using you for middles, hedges, edging off. They're using you for a lot more than just getting down their main steam play. And because I wasn't sure of this, and when I was adjusting my wagers, I was finding myself not winning certain months that they were telling me they kicked ass. And I (laughs) sat down with someone and he said, make it easy on yourself. Until you figure this out. Just flat bet everything we give you, and you will come out ahead because I promise you what I give you is going to win more than it's going to lose, even if I use you for a middle. Eventually, I started getting enough outs where I could get down to so much money that they were giving me the real stuff. But to make a long story short, when I went to flat betting, I was able to turn a profit much more easier because at that time, I didn't have feel, and I had some gamble in me. I'm not going to lie, and that's why I'm saying if you're disciplined, then you could go – to different levels but if you don't trust that you're disciplined enough flat betting's the best way that you could bet and you don't have to sweat things out as much plus it gives you more time to handicap because you've already you already know how much you're going to bet right now for us as professional bettors yeah. after you have your card it takes you some time to figure out which ones you're gonna bet for more so this is time that a newbie could put more time into their handicap than trying to figure out how much they're gonna bet
0: to elaborate further on it why it's better for a newbie uh, I'm gonna make a reference to a movie and around the office here you know RJ busts my stones all the time when it comes to the world of poker okay the favorite poker movie for every, you know, almost everybody is Rounders. Rounders. Sure. Okay. In the movie Rounders, you know, everybody wants to be Mike, you know, Matt Damon's character. Sure. That takes okay. down the rush. Okay. But everybody's not. And there's another character in that movie, and that's my nickname when it comes to the poker Kanish. world. It's Kanish, and Kanish is a grinder. He he'll he'll go he'll sit he'll play he'll play he'll play he'll minimize grind risk
1: out. maximize return
0: absolutely and when you're flat betting that is what you're doing absolutely to the to the T and for a newbie that is the best way to go
1: get your bankroll built that way I agree Marco and it makes you start to look at it as a market and understand money management and going back to more like investments and financial. Side of it, you know, guys like Warren Buffett built their careers on minimizing risk. All they were about was limit the, the risk tolerance. That was the key. And that's how, you know, the wealth came. Unfortunately for betters, too many bettors have gamble in them and they gamble. And we know what happens to gamblers. In the end, the house takes the money. But you eliminate gambling from the equation by flat betting. And I'm not saying you're guaranteed to win, but your exposure is less and you don't have to, you know, put so much effort and work into, like you said, determining which is your strongest play. You feel you have an edge. You like the game. Don't try to determine which one's stronger than the other. Bet them all the same. Try to win. You know, three out of every five bets. You know, at the end you're going to turn a profit. Absolutely. It takes a lot of that out of the equation and makes it more simpler. I have no problem with it, that. It takes the decisions out of it. There's yeah. no There's no decisions. Exactly. For you. That's what I'm saying. You're not wasting any time trying to determine. I like the Cubs and I like the fills. Which one's stronger? Which one am I going to bet? You know, one and a half unit, which one is my best bet? You know, and you don't do that. You bet them both the same and you try to turn the profit. The other thing, though, that that we haven't gotten to yet when it comes to flat betting, I think that the biggest major factor is also how much of your bankroll are you going to flat bet? And I'm one that thinks the less, the better. A, you don't want to ever expose too much of your bankroll in one day. But even then, even that one day you have a play, let's say you say, I'm never going to expose more than 15% of my bankroll. The day that you only have one play doesn't mean you should put 15% of your bankroll on that one play. So I believe you really need to take that bankroll and bet, if you're going to flat bet, as small of a fraction as you could. And I'm talking about 1%, 2% of your bankroll because you want to be able to overcome those tough stretches. And you could do that by flat betting especially if you bet a small portion of your bankroll per play. It's the safest route, I think, for bettors to take the, the flat bet approach, especially if in the past you've gotten burnt via money management.
0: Again, to steal another phrase from poker, you want to have, when you sit down at a poker table, you, there's different games. There's 1-2, two, there's 2-5, two, five, there's five ten. What you determine is what your bankroll is, Which game you should play is based on the number of big blinds. And your flat betting should be that too. I agree. You have a bankroll, you have X number of big blinds for that bankroll. That is what your flat unit should be. Once your bankroll gets to the level that you're ready. Like in poker, to go from a one-two game to a two-five game, it's the same way with your betting.
1: Once you're sports yeah, betting a, a better another level, even though your percentage of your bankroll is the same, your unit amount increased because your bankroll increased. increased. But people just for some reason don't have the patience, and that's what the books bank on—that you don't have the patience. And the, the one thing before we, we wrap this up, because we are already yeah, out of 30 time, seconds. The, the bottom line is this, you know, you're not guaranteed to win either way. This minimizes risk, but also the downside of it is it minimizes, it minimizes your return as well. If you have feel, you could do a lot better with unit adjustment. Which
0: we're going to segue into part two, which we're going to look at unit betting. So this has been the, the great debate, flat betting versus unit betting. I want to know what... You
1: guys thinking what, think. what you
0: do, actually. We want to carry this conversation Absolutely. on. Please come into the threads,
1: Let go to know. YouTube,
0: I- and we want to keep the conversation going on this because
1: this is a great discussion. I want to know how much of their percentage of their bankroll do they bet guys that flat bet or in what they believe. He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. This has been a
0: Pregame.com podcast. Welcome to the continuing series of how-to videos from Pregame.com. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined with Vegas Runner. We're going to talk about unit betting versus flat betting. Now we did a part one to this where we talked about flat betting. Now this is part two. This is going to be a little more advanced stuff. unit betting. A lot of betters, you know, they, they think that the way to win is bet everything the same. Flat bet that's you know, and we talked about it, the pros and cons. I'm of the belief that unit betting is the way to go. It's the way I've done it for years. I've been in this for 30 years. And we talk about feel. We talk about our instincts. But to me, the reason I use unit betting versus flat betting is, to me, every game isn't of the same strength. I agree 100%. I handicap. There's so many different factors In A lot of my handicapping is situational. So sometimes I might have three or four different situations that I like going for me in one particular ball game, whereas another game I might have only one or two. Both of those present a long-term probability of winning for me, but one, because there's more factors supporting it, has a higher return. So if my expectations are higher on that particular
1: situation, I want to risk more money. Sure, sure. sure. You know, I, you know. The, the key is though to be accurate and accuracy only comes with experience and experience only comes with time. And that's what I think, you know, when it comes to unit betting, you need to be experienced and you had to have put your time in or else you can get hurt because you are adjusting your unit size. And when you're losing, you discipline tend to be did. biased. And when that mm-hmm. happens, you lose discipline. And when you lose discipline and you adjust unit size, you could rack up losses very you, quickly. You never use unit betting to chase losses. Exactly. It, that is that is the rookie
0: mistake. Not even the rookie It's the gambler's mentality that most people don't have the chemical makeup to handle that. You're down. It's, you know, you're going to the Sunday night game trying to get out from Saturday
1: and Sunday. Yeah, you're down six units. You're down six (laughs) units. You like the side in the total, but all of a sudden, instead of, even though the probability you came up with or the, the situations you came up with the factors actually support these being one and one unit each but all of a sudden because you're down six units three and these three. are three unit plays i'm yeah. really starting to like them you, because if you want to find supporting and data and you're biased you'll find supporting data for any position that's what i believe so that's why i'm i'm one of those guys where i'll i'll tell it like it is i unit bet and I started Union Benton when I was moving steam because I saw that's what these guys were doing. They weren't taking the same position on every single play because, like you said, the probabilities were not the same of winning for every play. I mean, they had it down to a science. This play falls into that category, this into that category, this the that category, and that's how they based their How many their times wagers.
0: do I hear you talk about value in a line? Okay, if your value perception on the line, if you are sitting looking at a line that you feel should be four and the line is six, so now you're going to bet the dog. Right. Because you've got two points of value. Right, right. On another game, you feel the game, the line should be four also. But the line is seven. Yeah.
1: Now, now you've got three extra
0: points. And it's a field goal, which is a key number.
1: number. So now, why would I want to put the same amount as I did on the one where I thought I only had a two-point edge? If anything, I'm <laughs> giving up that edge to the casino now, to the sports book. And I agree 100%. I think eventually to maximize profit, you have to unit bet. The key though, you got to know that you're ready to unit bet so you don't hurt yourself because it is easier to hurt yourself unit betting than it is flat betting. That's the only reason I say to be cautious. But if you have that feel, you've been doing this for 30 years now. If you can't tell the difference between your best bet and your strong opinion, yeah. I, you got to hang it up by now. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. But 30 years ago, it might have been a little tougher for you. And you're still around 30 years later because you built that discipline over a matter of time. It, didn't, it doesn't come overnight. At least it didn't for myself. Yeah, I don't to talk for
0: you. I've been doing it for 30 years. But th- let's elaborate for a second about units. Okay? And, you know, we use it pre-game. The single, double, triple scenario for for the units right sure. now. Um, before I came to pregame, I had my own sure, you know phone sure. service that I ran for years. I use a star system unit basis, and I go three star, five star, seven star, ten, then a fifteen. Now, there's skeptics out there that the first thing they say is, "Well, you just have big stars." to pad your record. That's is far away from the truth because on the same token when I'm losing you're killing yourself. I, yeah. I, it, it's all relevant. And what it is is no matter what you use for a unit system, whether it's one, two, three, or three to fifteen, what you do is you stop you start at the top end. If my top play is fifteen, I say to myself What do I play when I'm maxing out? Yeah, like let's uh, take, for example, say your biggest bet's a dime. I am going to take that dime and I'm going to divide it by 15. Now that is my base unit. So whenever I have a three star play, I'm putting three times that base unit into play. When I have a 10 star, I'm putting 10 times that base unit. It's still relevant. I've got three or I've got ten. So from three to ten is basically, when you do the math, is one to three on single to triple. Right, right,
1: right. right. You know,
0: the only place that I have a big layout is when I jump from ten to fifteen, which the fifteen-star plays are very rare for me, but I'm going from one to five X. I'm making a play that's five times a, a regular bet, but... There's so many factors involved, and I expect to win those plays. Realistically, in my mind, I expect to win seven out of every ten of those, as opposed to... So you want to, to take a big But I position. don't have that many of those. I might only have ten of those in a, in a calendar year of 15 Right, play. right. So it, it's relevant. That's how I do it. And what it also does is it gives you the ability... If you're a sharp better and just like anybody'll tell you, if you go into a casino and you see somebody on a crap table, when things are running right, you, you, push. you press. Sure. You when you've got the unit basis, you do the same thing. You know, if everything's rolling good and everything's flying, you can push a little bit with you've got the knowledge of money management that it's going
1: good, you're you're pushing the, the on. I agree, but with that said, I also think once again with unit betting, you still want to only expose so much of your bankroll per day, because if you just if you don't have that, then you could wipe out your entire bankroll in a 48 hour period in Absolutely. one day. I mean, unless you say, you know what, I'm going to only expose the most I'll expose is 20 percent of my bankroll every day. You may have you know five five star plays five unit plays. That don't mean you're going to put out 25, you know, percent of your bankroll. Because right. you already said, I'm not going to put more than 20. So I think we need to get that across that even though you may have five, you know, five unit plays, 10 unit plays, that doesn't mean you're exposing fifty percent of your bankroll on any given day. That's what I think people get hurt when they overexpose themselves as far as their bankroll's concerned. Because you are gonna have losing days, losing stretches. But if you don't expose so that high big of your bankroll, you gotta you let you hit case. the nail on the head. People
0: Overthink what their bank role is. You know, and if somebody's doing smaller plays on the unit basis, they say, hey, yeah, I can bet a hundred dollars a star when all the plays are one, two, and three, but then somebody gives them a five or a ten. They can't play a hundred and then that defeats the purpose exactly. of the money management system. You know what? This we're out of time already. I'll tell you what we're gonna do this week. We're gonna put these videos up. I want people to come into the thread. Talk about this, ask us questions, and I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll revisit this next week, and we will take the questions and what everybody says, and we'll make another video out of this and carry it on. Good idea, good idea. So this, And if you guys do this this week, we'll do more of these type of things. So get in there, talk about it, ask us questions, and we're going to get the discussion going. He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. This has been a how-to video from Pregame.com.
1: For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com.
0: Welcome to This Week in Vegas, a better's view. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined by my partner in crime, Vegas runner. He looks a little ragged. He looks a little wore out. But the man's like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> he takes a licking and he keeps on ticking. You know that. VR, you know, I mean, I thought I had a nice, you know, nice week in Vegas the past week. You know, we just finished Memorial Day weekend. You know, played cards Friday night with RJ. I went back, played Bellagio on Sunday, played uh, Ari on Monday. You know, good. That's a had, good time. Had a, you know, had a barbecue over the weekend, you know, relaxed, picking winners left and right. That's a the, good time. But, guys, I'm sorry. It, it just doesn't add it to what, you know, Vegas Runner comes in today and, you know, and he's telling me about his weekend, you know go ahead our version no you know. this is a
1: family show here no it, it was a great weekend man uh I tell you the truth thank god i i don't you know drink a lot of alcohol don't even drink alcohol to be honest with you so i recover quicker than most <laughs> <laughs> and to tell you the truth it was my uh, second win now i it was like a good little vacation but of wild and craziness it all started friday was the grand opening of of surrender Um, I had friends coming to town for bachelor party slash Memorial Day weekend slash vacation. those
0: that don't know, Surrender is the new beach nightclub at the Wynn... uh, Yeah, the the Encore Beach Club. Same property, same
1: property. Um, And I said, you know, I'm going to relax because I want to have a big weekend. I knew the next day we're going to UFC. And uh, PK Mandavi, one of our uh, forum posters, hooked the whole UFC thing up, man. I mean i i get great seats when i go to these events and i got to ha- hand it to the guy it was vip treatment from start to finish i mean when we had braylon edwards and and the cleveland browns behind us paris hilton behind us <laughs> it, you're, you're sitting in a good spot so it was beautiful ufc was unreal uh me mike hook um his lovely wife and uh PK, we, we hung out all night, uh, then went upstairs and just talked sports betting in the suite for hours, man. And uh, we're invited to the after party at Studio 54, but we got so into talking sports, we're like, ah, forget it, let's just go eat. Make a long story short, next day I find out a friend of mine, Jamie Kennedy, who people know for who's been in screen, bunch of movies, comedian type kid, um, we, we go way back from, from kids back in Philly. So he calls and says, it's my birthday weekend. I'm coming to town and you're coming out. I need you to come with us. So I say, dude, I'm with somebody already. I'm with PK. We're at the Red Rock. And here's the strip suite. There's only one of its kind in Vegas. It it, Pool tables, comes with a butler. (laughs) Sub-zero <laughs> fridges like I have in my house, fully stocked bar, like probably the fattest suite I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen a lot of them. Um, unreal, the kind with a helipad on top. Mm-hmm. So it was just that sick. Um, and I said, Jamie, I'm with somebody. And, and he's like, bring them with you. Bring them with you. So we go down to uh, Oreo where they, he was. And, uh, you know, they, they had comped him for his birthday. He said, bring your whole entourage. We'll buy dinner wherever you want to eat as long as you show up at the club and you could drink, do whatever you want because they want celebrities in the club so that they take pictures, put it out, on you see all these magazines that go floating around here in Vegas. Right.
0: They pay for guys that don't know stars come to town. They'll celebrate their birthdays at the various different nightclubs, and the nightclubs will pay them an appearance fee, exactly. generally like fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Absolutely,
1: and so, absolutely.
0: And you know they drink all night. They have their party, but the big thing is for the club. They get the notoriety. Lindsay
1: Lohan's there or Ferris Hilton, whatever. And and now, while you're here in town and you're looking at what clubs are we going to go to, and you're flipping around that What's On magazine and Vegas Live, and you say, oh, wow, you know, here's Hayes, the nightclub at Aria, and all these, you know, stars hang out there, and that's where you're
0: going to go. I'm entertaining where I'm going to have my birthday party. We're we're still taking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold out for the best one.
1: (laughs) Uh, They'll they'll dangle it in front of you. So we, we, we meet up with them at this. Lounge. They had finished eating, man, and we we go to this club, and uh, the the VIP section they gave us was just incredible. There's only two tables of that section. That's it, and they got the girls dancing right there on your tables. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, bringing in Magnum bottles of Patron and Grey Goose and champagne. But this we had like a ten dime bar tab at that place and this is like five of us you know but then what happens is there's publicists there and uh producers and this and that and the publicists, what they do is get the security guards and they walk around the club and they look for the best looking women and they ask them do you want to go party with that crew up there and most say yes because they want to be seen up there. They want to hang. Whether out they're with there. somebody or not, and, they, and the ones that are with someone come up to take pictures. And Pete Katz, I was laughing. I said he's going to be in over a hundred Facebook pictures because everyone just walks by with their phones and taking pictures, 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 mm-hmm. video. I mean, it, it's ridiculous the way how some people are so starstruck. And he's not like Pacino. I always joke, <laughs> you know. But people are just so starstruck. And here we are, man. We had the time of our lives. Uh, We're there till the lights opened. I mean, the club was empty, lights on. And uh, next thing I know, the crew of the club, cocktail waitresses, wanted us to go party with them afterwards at some after-hours club. I said, I got work to do. So as we're walking towards this after-hours club, I grab PK and we duck out and jump in a limo. And I'm like, let's get out of here. We're never going to get home with these guys. So, I mean, yeah. Leave a lot out. It was a great weekend, unbelievable. Got a chance to meet a forum guy, and you know how I love doing that. Oh, and yeah. you come out all the time for it as well. And it has nothing to do with. He's a gentleman, class act through and through, gambler at heart like us, loves sports yeah. betting, sharp as they come, practices money management, handicaps his own games, uses me as a source, uses you as a source, my other guy, he uses his sources for confirmations. I mean, he's a very sharp kid, so I believe me, he does his own work, and he, we're just sources. Like, I have sources, you have sources, and to get a chance to meet these guys, you know, it's a great time, and what even if... The fact that he had the hookup was a nice thing. Don't get me wrong, but brother, you guys come to town. Let us know. I, we love hanging out. Whether it's crack open a can of beer at my house or, or going to a nightclub and hanging out with celebrities, you know, it's a good time. So make sure they let us know when they come to town.
0: Absolutely, uh, you know, great times and uh, things have been going good for both of us. Uh, the yeah. pick, pick wise were absolutely. We're uh, I started
1: tough in May. I'm not going to lie, I, and that that's what I wrote today's morning. And moves on real quickly, Marco. At how what we say comes to fruition because practicing money management. I started off the worst two weeks of May. I came into May about seventy units ahead, and within a two-week period. And you remember, I was telling you I'm trying to be selective. Nice. I'm trying to like protect it, and because I was cold, and yet still, while being selective and conservative, I lost half of that. And yet, at when May, the dust all settled, we ended out coming at, uh, behind like 10 units, 10, 13 units. Mm-hmm. And going into June now, already up 55, 60 units again for the year. And that just shows you, you're going to have tough stretches. You're going to have to overcome it if you're ever going to turn a profit. But if you have an edge, when the dust settles, brother, you're going to be ahead. But if you don't practice money management, you'll never get that chance. Look how hot you are right but- now.
0: Right, which is a great segue. Um, one, yeah, I am on a roll. We're taping on Tuesday this week, so coming off the Memorial Day weekend, last 12 days, I'm on a 16-5 and five run. Exactly,
1: but if you had a tough stretch week before that and someone didn't practice money management, no. they don't get to take advantage of that.
0: Which is, to the segue, we're doing two more videos today. Love it. It's going to be on the, the big, I'm going to call it the great debate, flat betting. Or unit betting, and we're going to discuss the pros and cons to both. And those are going to be two must-watch videos I, I, if you're I love serious. You narrowed bet. it
1: down because I I, I hear the Martingale system, Kelly criteria, all kind of systems. And I'll tell you what, I worked for a lot of outfits, as you know. The only way they ever bet was unit adjustment, and some guys straight flat bet. That was it. They're the only two methods that you should ever consider. Well, and we're gonna break them down. We're for gonna you. talk them. This has been this week in Vegas.
0: Although I might have to rename it to this, this week, week in VR. <laughs> this week <laughs> in VR. With you know, VR. <laughs> but uh, great times. We'll talk to you next week. He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. Talk to you next week.